0: Please turn with me in your Bibles to our text, this Lord's Day. First in Daniel ten thirteen. And as I mentioned previously, this will be our last sermon in this uh, series, many series dealing with putting on the whole armor of God, fighting against the spiritual enemy that, that assails us and attacks us. But, uh, and so we'll return to Daniel 10, God willing, next Lord's Day uh, to finish that 10th chapter before we begin in Daniel 11. But let us recall again that this detour... Uh, began with the spiritual battle uh, in uh, heavenly places between uh, Gabriel on the one side, calling to him Michael, one of the chief princes, angelic, uh, again, angelic uh, here, uh, these are referred to as fighting on behalf of Israel fighting on behalf of God's people, whereas on the other side, we find the prince of the kingdom of Persia, which is, again, one of Satan's uh, angels, uh, and one of those who are fighting against, warring against in spiritual realm, seeking to influence, seeking to tempt, seeking to mislead, and there is that battle and going on amongst nations, within nations, and we turn our attention then to consider not only at the national level, but at the personal level, at the level of our family, at the level of our church, this battle that is being waged spiritually in high places between the Lord and the devil. And so we're considering today Ephesians 6:18, having looked at the various pieces of the armor of God that God has given unto his people purchased by the Lord Jesus Christ, we now come uh, to verse 18. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching therein too with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Putting on the whole armor of God in order to resist the devil and his temptations without prayer apart from communion with Jesus Christ, would be like a nation having the best, the most modern military equipment in the world to fight against the enemy, but not having the fuel or the energy to be able to use it. What makes the whole armor of God, dear ones, effective in standing against and in defeating the enemy is the power of Jesus Christ working in us by means of his spirit, by means of prayer and communion with Jesus Christ throughout the day. The whole armor of God is a great blessing It's been purchased for us by Christ and it's necessary for us to put on the whole armor of God in order to resist the wiles and the temptations of the devil. But let our confidence not be in the armor, but in the Lord Jesus who gives us the courage, who gives to us the strength to take up the armor and to put that armor on to put the whole armor of God on in order to defeat the enemy. You'll remember in the Old Testament that King Saul wanted David to put all of his confidence in his, that is, King Saul's armor. But David realized that there was only victory in the Lord, not in Saul's armor which David then demonstrated by calling out upon the Lord to bring victory, even through the use of a stone and a sling. You see, we each one have the armor of God, but we need to be taught by way of our prayer and our communion. We need to be taught how to war against the enemy. Not just knowing the name of the armor, but using the armor by way of the power of Jesus Christ, his Holy Spirit that dwells within us. David says in Psalm 144, 1, Blessed be the Lord my strength. Who's his strength? Not the armor. The strength is the Lord. Blessed be the Lord my strength, notice, which teacheth my hands to war and my fingers to fight. That's how we have the energy, the strength, the courage to continue this battle, this lifelong battle, until we are glorified with the Lord in heaven. The armor is ours in Jesus Christ, but how do we put it on? through prayer and through communion with Jesus Christ as Paul elaborates in Ephesians 6.18 that's the message of Paul from our text today so we come today to consider the power that energizes us in this spiritual battle and without prayer and communion with Christ beloved our armor will prove to be as ineffective against satan as saul's armor was on david in fighting goliath the main points the main points from our text are found in the use of the word all a l l which is used four times in this verse Praying at all times. Praying with all prayer and supplication. Praying with all perseverance. And finally, for all the saints. So let's look at each of these instances of the use of the word all and and Let us seek to understand the truth conveyed by the word all in each case as well as its application to our lives. So the first point. Praying at all times or praying all the time. When Paul says, Praying always. See, prayer is not listed by Paul here as one of the pieces of the armor of God. He's already listed the pieces of the armor of God. But he now mentions prayer because it is that which energizes us to put on the whole armor of God, whether it be the belt of truth or the breastplate of righteousness or the boots of gospel peace or the shield of faith or the helmet of salvation or the sword of the spirit which is the word of God but even prayer itself is not the power it's the means to the power the power is once again Jesus Christ. The power is His indwelling spirit. That's the power. The prayer and communion with Christ is the means by which we access that power. What is prayer? Well, prayer is a most important part of. Communing with Jesus Christ. Reading the word of God, filling our minds with his truth is another part of our communion with Christ. But prayer is a very, very important part of our communing with Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus speaks to us through his word and we speak to him through prayer. You see, this is a relationship that is established between us and the Lord Jesus Christ. It is not to be a distant relationship. It is to be a close and a near relationship. In fact, dear ones, the essence of our salvation is found in our union and our communion with Jesus Christ. That is the end. That is the goal of our salvation. Not simply saving us from hell, though that is a part of it, an important part of it. But the end and the goal is that we might glorify God and enjoy Him forever. Have communion. Blessed communion with our Lord Jesus Christ now and for all eternity. Prayer is pouring out our hearts in faith and love to the Lord in praise, in thanksgiving, in confession, repentance, seeking forgiveness, and in requests for our needs. Without fervent prayer, Jesus will be a stranger to us. Without fervent prayer, there is, dear ones, no nearness. There is no passion for Jesus. There's only an intellectual knowledge about him. Without sincere prayer, Jesus is just a fact. Not our personal savior and lord. The Lord Jesus says in John 15:5, "I am the vine, and ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit." For without me, you can do nothing. Just as that abiding, which is communion, being in Christ, abiding in Christ, he that abideth in me and I in him, that's that communion with Jesus Christ. That person will bring forth much fruit. So likewise, if we can change this one part of that verse and and add this to it, He that abideth in me and I in him, the same resisteth the enemy. For without me you can do nothing. It's only those who are in communion with Jesus Christ that take up the armor of God, that have the power of Christ to be able to resist the devil, to resist the world, to resist the flesh, and its evil desires. You see, in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus assumes that all of his true disciples will pray, will have communion with him, when he says, when thou prayest, he doesn't say, if thou prayest, he says, when thou prayest. And so we understand that prayer In the Christian life, it's not optional. It's not a suggestion unto us. It's a necessity in the life of a Christian and in this daily battle that we face against the enemy. If Jesus is our life, dear ones, like the air that we breathe, then prayer is the breathing in and the breathing out of that life. Though Jesus was God in the flesh, he didn't forsake prayer. He didn't forsake communion with his Father. In fact, in Luke 6, 12, he prayed all night. Now, if God in the flesh spent that much time in prayer... Because he had a relationship with his Father. Because it was a relationship of communion with his Father. Union and communion with his Father. How much more we who are of flesh and even sinful flesh need that union and communion with Jesus Christ in order to fight against the enemy to take up and put on the whole armor of God. For without him we can do nothing. We'll fail. Without our abiding in Christ and Christ abiding in us, that's the communion between Christ and ourselves, we can do nothing. Paul says in Ephesians 6:18 praying always." literally praying at all times or praying all the time. The word all is actually the word that is used there. Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 5:17, "Pray without ceasing And we ask How in the world do you do that? How do we pray without ceasing? And that is a command, pray without ceasing. It's not a suggestion, it is a command. This is not a command to be consciously praying one long prayer without any pause for the rest of our life and forever in heaven. It means that we are to live in the presence of Jesus Christ, in communion with Him, both day and night. Whatever we do, whether we work, whether we eat, whether we recreate and exercise, whether we are listening to music, whether we're watching something on our computers, whether we're studying, whether we are driving, whether we are sleeping, whether we are worshiping, we are to take Jesus with us. We are not to think in terms of Jesus is over here and this part of my life is over here and the two never meet. Wherever we go as Christians, whatever we do as Christians, we take Jesus with us. That's living in communion with Jesus Christ. If this were a house, our life were a house. We're not saying, Jesus, you can only stay in that part of the house, in that room. You're not allowed to come into the rest of these rooms of my house. Uh, That's where I listen to my music, Jesus. You can't come into that room. This is where I watch those movies, or this is where I look at that computer screen. But Jesus, you're not welcome in that part of my house. That's mine that's having a distant relationship with Jesus Christ. That's not communion with Jesus Christ. That's excluding Jesus from communion. Praying at all times means we take Jesus with us wherever we go, whatever we do. And if that's not something we're willing to do, we have to ask ourselves and have to look seriously and say am I truly united to Christ? If I don't want to be, have Christ go with me everywhere and commune with him, is the problem that I'm not united with Christ by faith in Jesus alone? Throughout the day and night, not just at those appointed times, of our private worship, our family worship, and our public worship on the Lord's Day. Throughout our day, in our communion with Christ, we give thanks to him for our blessings. Maybe just a short little sentence. Lord, thank thee for this drink of water, this clean water that I'm about to drink. But so many in the world do not have. Thank thee for the least of these blessings when in fact they may be very great blessings, but we simply take them for granted. Being in communion with Christ throughout the day, we we cry out to him for our needs. Throughout the day, we're seeking his wisdom and his guidance. We are pleading for his safety and his protection as we travel in our cars from one location to the next. We are repenting of our sin and seeking his forgiveness. We are praying for and we are bearing the burdens of one another. Everyone's to pray at all times means we are to seek to be near the Lord in our desires and in our thoughts, whatever we do throughout the day. Though this is a command and therefore a duty to pray at all times, to pray without ceasing, dear ones, if it is only a duty and if it is only a command to you, you are missing out on the blessing of fellowship and communion with the God who created you, the God who redeemed you, the God who justified you by faith alone, the God who is sanctifying you, the God who will glorify you. You're missing out on that great blessing, if it's merely a duty to you, an obligation to you. For this is where, dear ones, in communion with Jesus Christ, this is where we find the greatest joy, peace, contentment, holiness, mercy, And the power to overcome the enemy and all his temptations is in our communion with Jesus Christ. Jesus calls us to that blessed communion with him in prayer. Don't consider it a mere duty. Consider this his call to spend time with him is there a greater expression of love that we can have than to say I want to spend time with you because I love you I love you with all my heart I want to spend time with you. And that's what Jesus says. I love you, my people. And I want to spend time with you. That's what makes the Lord's day so special. Because it's an entire day the Lord wants to spend time with us and us to commune with him. If it's a mere duty, look what I can't do. Look what I must do. No wonder you're not benefiting and enjoying the blessings of the Lord's Day. But when it is a day to commune with the living God, your Savior, your Lord, it transforms and changes that into the greatest blessing and joy and peace and contentment. Dear ones, there is not a safer place that we can find in facing the attacks of the enemy than in that place of communion with Jesus Christ. There is safety there. There is protection there. That's what the psalmist means in Psalm 91, verses 1 through 7. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in him will I trust. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and thy buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh In darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday, a thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. That's what it is to abide with Christ, to commune with Christ, dwelling in the secret place. the Most High, abiding under the shadow of the Almighty throughout the day and throughout the night. When we live in communion with Jesus Christ, the enemy will not have an open invitation to attack us. And we will be ready and armed at all times to use the whole armor of God against him. None of us are going to perfectly commune with Jesus Christ. We're all going to fall. We're all going to fail. But do you strive for that? Do you want that? Is that your goal? That you would dwell in the secret place of the Most High, and abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Is that the kind of relationship that you want with Jesus Christ? Communion with him. Because it all begins with, within our own hearts, our desires. What do we want? We understand we're going to fall, but do you want that? And when you fail, and when I fail, and we will, do we try to get back as quick as we can into that secret place of the Most High, and abiding under the shadow of the Almighty? Is that where we know we're safe and secure, regardless of what comes against us? Certainly not in our strength that we're able to do this. For without me you can do nothing, Jesus said in John 15, 5. But it's in the strength of the Lord. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Philippians 4, 13. And so like all spiritual exercises that God gives to us, communion with Jesus Christ, we must, be, we must train ourselves We must train ourselves by the power of Christ living within us to spend time with Jesus and to take Jesus with us, to take his word with us, to take his commandments, to take his gospel, to take him with us wherever we go, not to exclude him from anything that we do. The second use of the word all praying with all prayer and supplication the use of the word all in this instance praying with all prayer and supplication means with all kinds of prayer and supplication all forms of prayer and supplication are to be used and employed In our communion with Christ. The word for prayer here, all prayer, means prayer in general, whereas the word supplication means petitions and requests for needs that we have. So basically, under those two words, prayer and supplication, are all kinds of prayers that we would offer unto the Lord by way of our communion with him. Rather than thinking that we can only pray when we do so in a more, in our more formal times of prayer, like in private worship, uh, in family worship, and in public worship, Paul calls us to pray at all times with all kinds of, of prayer and supplication. This simply means prayer uh, in a very practical way, prayer over meals. Supplication throughout the day for protection, for wisdom, for guidance, for courage, for patience, for peace, both in more formal settings as well as in more informal settings, by ourselves, within ourselves, spoken words outside of ourselves with others that we may have one or two that we're praying with, spontaneous prayers that an immediate situation arises, but because we're in communion with Jesus Christ, There is an appeal immediately to the Lord Jesus at that time. Prayers that are well thought out. Prayers that are on the spur of the moment. Prayers that include tears. Prayers that are without tears. Prayers of thanksgiving for as many benefits to us. Prayers of praise for how great And mighty our God is. Prayers of confession, repentance, seeking his forgiveness. Prayers to be delivered from the temptation and the attacks of the enemy against us. And putting on the whole armor of God. When throughout the day, dear ones, all kinds of prayer and supplication occupy our thoughts, our desires. Our words, the enemy's attacks against us in order to lead us away from the Lord Jesus are far more likely to fail. His attacks are more, like, unlike, uh, more likely to fail than they are to exceed or succeed when we are in communion with the Lord Jesus. That is why the devil seeks always seeks to overwhelm our minds with anything other than with prayer and communion with Christ. To overwhelm our minds with fears and pleasures. To overwhelm our minds with conflicts that we have in relationships. To overwhelm our minds with just pure busyness. Let us learn to seek Jesus and draw near unto him. when we feel overwhelmed and even when we don't feel overwhelmed. That is how we turn, dear ones, every temptation that the enemy brings against us as an opportunity and an occasion to turn unto Christ. Hopefully, again, because we are in communion with Christ, it's not uh, that we... Uh, are far from him and have to flee to him but if we are that's the path that we ought to take but because we are near unto him in communion with him again we can use that blessed communion and being able to ward off those attacks of the enemy notice again before we move on to the next all this is with all prayer and supplication in the spirit Paul reminds us that we cannot do this again in our own mere strength and determination, our own mere resolution, that we can only do so with the help and the strength of the Almighty Spirit of the living God, Christ's Spirit that he has sent. When he ascended into heaven, he gave to us his Spirit own spirit his holy spirit to abide with us to work within us even to do that which seems impossible how do we live throughout the day in communion with jesus christ with all of the corruption with all of the nonsense with all of the filthiness that is all around us how do we do that well again i can do all things through christ who strengtheneth me We never have an excuse and say, but I'm just a a mere man, a mere woman, a mere child, a mere young person. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Do you desire it? Are you striving for that? Ephesians 3.20 Paul says, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, notice, according to the power that worketh in us. What power? The power of the Holy Spirit. The the God who created everything. The God who made you is the God who abides and dwells within you. According to the power that worketh in us. The third all, watching with all perseverance. In the battle against temptation and the attacks of the enemy in our lives, one of our greatest weaknesses that the devil takes advantage of is our laziness in falling asleep at our post. As a soldier of Jesus Christ, we allow our commun- communion with Jesus Christ to grow lukewarm, if not cold, due to, and we will always justify it in some way, due to work, due to pleasure, but we don't very often say due to sin. When that is the case, we do not take temptation seriously when we let down our guard. We think that we will not fall into that same temptation after we've already repented of that sin. We're not going to fall back into that same temptation. It's not going to happen again. But dear ones, that's the very opening that the devil is looking for in our lives. That self-righteousness, that pride in our lives. That's why Paul says in 1 Corinthians 10, 12, Wherefore let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. That's what happens, dear ones, we fall when we are not abiding in Christ and Christ abiding in us, that's what happens. When we are not enjoying blessed communion with the Lord Jesus Christ and walking in faithfulness to His truth and His, his commandments and His gospel. And that's precisely the warning that Jesus gave to his own disciples in Matthew 26:41. The night that he was betrayed, Jesus said to his disciples, Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. What did they do? They fell asleep. Rather than watching and praying, they fell asleep. Rather than enjoying communion with Jesus Christ, They fell asleep on the job. This, dear ones, is a watching notice with all perseverance and supplication. In other words, in our battle against the world, the flesh, and the devil, we must be watchful and we must be vigilant that we not grow weary of watching. I think that, again, we, because of our sinful flesh and our weakness, we grow weary of watching. And we basically say, well, I'm going to go have some fun. I'm tired of watching. It's not that we can't have fun. It's not that we cannot enjoy Lawful pleasures in this, in this life. But we don't do so leaving Jesus back there and us going into that place of enjoyment of lawful pleasures. We take Jesus with us wherever we go. And so we grow weary of watching or we become lazy in watching or we just simply stop watching altogether. Rather than communing with Christ in prayer, wherein we are to persevere with all perseverance and supplication, we are to persevere in watching, and we are to supplicate, request Christ's help in our watching, that we don't give up, that we don't stop watching, God will give you the grace. He has promised it. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me according to the power that worketh in us. We don't have the luxury of that kind of an excuse. The Apostle Paul, I think, he knew himself well. He therefore knows us well. And how easily we are distracted in this world by amusements, pleasures, busyness, laziness, coldness, sins that hinder us from persevering in watching that our communion with Christ does not become more and more distant. That is exactly, again, the opportunity that the devil is waiting for in order to attack us with that temptation that blindsides us is us not being watchful, not being vigilant about our need for communion with Christ. All perseverance and supplication. Pull us away from that great and good shepherd of the sheep, the Lord Jesus Christ, and we will be picked off by the enemy. So where is perseverance found? With all perseverance and supplication, where is perseverance found? Again, it's found in Jesus Christ. It's found in communion with Jesus Christ. Second Thessalonians three, five says, Paul's Paul says to the Church of Thessalonica. And the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and into the patient waiting for Christ. The patient waiting for Christ literally is the perseverance of Christ. And the Lord directs your hearts into the love of God and into the perseverance of Christ. The perseverance that comes from Jesus Christ. That's where we find perseverance, is in Christ and in communion with Jesus Christ. The last all for all the saints. The last use of the word all is brought to our attention by Paul in order to remind us here that we, as individual Christians, are not the only ones under the attack. Of the enemy. We have many brethren throughout the world that are facing very severe attacks from the enemy, temptations, persecution, various fears, heartaches, lusts of the flesh, physical afflictions, falling away from Christ, breakup of families. Now, we cannot pray for all of the saints in the world by name. We're not omniscient. We don't know all things as God does. But we can pray for all kinds of saints. All kinds of saints in the world as we hear about the attacks of the enemy against them and seeking to lead them away from the Lord Jesus Christ in seeking to discourage them and seeking to persecute them and seeking to afflict them and to take them down the path of worry and fear and despair. And so we begin praying for all the saints. We begin with the needs of those saints who are nearest to us in our in our family and in our church. And then we broaden. Our horizon to those at greater distance in relationship and geography. That's why the Lord's Prayer is given in the plural rather than in the singular. Our Father, which art in heaven. Not simply my Father. Our Father, which art in heaven. Give us, not simply give me, give us. This day, our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. We are to be in prayer for one another. In praying for all the saints, we as good soldiers of Christ confess that we've got one another's backs. On the battlefield, thinking in terms of an actual physical battle, on the battlefield, it is knowing that each soldier has the back of the other soldier that binds them together and that inspires them to continue to fight. Courage is contagious. Just as fear is contagious. That is especially the case in our spiritual battle against the world, the flesh, and the devil. Dear ones, we're not in this battle alone. Let us have, therefore, the backs of one another rather than stabbing one another in the back or going for the throats Of one another. The enemy delights, dear ones, to use conflicts in our marriage, in our family, and in our church to attack us, to overwhelm us, and to defeat us. He delights to do so. He jumps up and down for joy to do so. Will we? Give him that joy and delight in these conflicts. Or will we rather be a kingdom not divided against itself? Because Jesus said a kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. A family divided against itself cannot stand. A church Divided against itself, cannot stand, cannot stand by itself against the attacks of one another, or gossip or harsh words and actions against one another, but a kingdom, a family, a church, united in Christ's truth and in His love. Upholding one another, praying for one another, that God uses so often to keep us going when we feel like falling. That somebody else, that others, have our backs. Prayer into Jesus and communion with Him at all times. With all kinds of prayer and supplication, watching with all perseverance for all the saints is the certain appointed way by Jesus Christ to put on the whole armor of God in overcoming the temptations of the world, the flesh, and the devil. Amen. Please stand with me in prayer. Our most prized possession, our portion, Lord, now and for all eternity, the greatest portion, our inheritance is Thee, and is our communion with thee. All the other blessings that we receive from thee are simply the means to be being able to enjoy thee and commune with thee, whether it be our election, whether it be Christ's redemption, whether it be our justification, our adoption into thy family whether it be our sanctification and growth in Christ, whether it be our glorification, when we die to, to ascend into thy presence, all of those many blessings all have as it their end to enjoy thee now and for all eternity and for thou to enjoy us now and for all eternity may we as thy people pray at all times with all perseverance supplication watching lord in every way for all the saints our god we we thank thee For thy word, which is truth, let us not miss, Lord, in our day-to-day lives that which is most important, communion with thee, our God, our Savior, our King, a nearness and closeness to thee, not a distance not a distant relationship but one that we enjoy we pray Father hear our prayers for the sake of Jesus Christ Amen